Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jason. And I'm Steve. And welcome to this week's episode of Dual Rambling. This week, we're going to take a GameStop's absolutely insane internal contest, take a look at how we feel about Black Friday deals. Um, we're also going to take a look at Disney Plus and other streaming services to see what all the fuss is about. Finally get rid of cable once and for all. So let me ask you this, Steve. <laughs> how much do you know about GameStop and uh, their absolutely wonderful contest? Well, uh, up until I saw this article, not a lot. And uh, I'm not sure that I'm a better person for having saw it, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So what it really boils down to, we've all kind of heard that GameStop kind of seems like maybe they're running out of steam here a little bit. And obviously things, you know, with COVID and everything going on, I think that's really kind of hurt them a lot, especially, you know, walk-in sales and things. But it, it seems like they're they're trying to fight back a little bit or they're trying to, you know, stay relevant or stay, you know, in touch with the people kind of deal. Uh, so they're hosting a TikTok challenge, which even the medium in and of itself with all the controversy that that's had seems a little iffy to me, you know, as far as the choice. But, you know, neither here nor there. The really egregious part is the <laughs> is the, uh, the the prizes or at least the Wait, way you this wouldn't is. want this prize. I mean, it's an amazing prize. I mean, you know, maybe to some. I mean, maybe if, if that's what you really need. But the way this the way this is working is that they're doing a TikTok challenge, and it's supposed to be for the employees of the store to make a dance video, and the store that can get the most amount of uh, likes and and views on their video gets a prize. Now, Jason. Tell the people what they get for a prize. <laughs> well, Johnny, the pri- grand prize winner is going to win two Amazon Echo devices, a Visa gift card valued at $100, and no less than 10 additional labor hours for use during the week of Black Friday. That's right, guys. So what they're offering as a prize, and I, I giant air quotes here, prize, <laughs> is on the busiest day of the year, for retail, you can work extra time. I I saw this headline in and of itself, and I was just blown away because I can't even imagine pitching this. I can't imagine this making out of a boardroom at corporate, yet alone putting a memo <laughs> together and saying, sending this down to your employees and being like, hey, this is going to be your prize. You get to work extra time on Black Friday during COVID. Ding, ding. We got a winner. Yeah, here's the th- here here's the thing, and I'm going to play devil's advocate very slightly right now, and understand me when I say I am wholeheartedly with you. Now, the two Amazon Echo devices and the hundred dollar gift card, you know what? Not bad. It, retail stores do cheeky contests like that all the time for the employment. It, it's fine. From a managerial standpoint, the ten additional labor hours are amazing. If that's like the store has these now to use. Because that can help help to you know bring one more person on and kind of lessen everybody's load. And in the in the world of retail, as someone who's worked at retail during Black Friday at a mall, from a manager standpoint, that is actually not a bad prize. However, if that's not necessarily from the from a store standpoint, that's specifically you as the winner get these labor hours. On some hand, that can be good if you're trying to get more hours. And believe me, sometimes that is cutthroat. At the same time, come on now, like 
treat your employees a little bit better. I mean, that that just seems so skeevy that it's it's borderline disrespectful to the employees is kind of what it is. is. Like if they want to give them uh, essentially a prize that equates to more hours, then just give them like double pay for a couple hours of a shift that they're working or something. You know, even that would be way better because essentially then you're just getting a bonus more or less, but they could tie it in. So it's not extra taxes or whatever the case may be. You know, they sent out a memo and I mean, it it's like there's a there's a, a page and stuff for this. Like they have a link. Uh, we're, we're going off of a Verge article here. And uh, it says, imagine what you could do with those prizes after listing, you know, the gift card and the echo and, and the additional hours. I, I mean, again, I just that's it's it's insulting like to the employees. Like I just I, I mean, we, you and I have both worked for large companies Mm-hmm. And like they used to come around, they would bring food and they would get, you know, different uh, swag and things like that. You know, they would pass things out here and there. And like, well, you know, none of that is like right home, you know, right home to mom kind of deal. I mean, it was still kind of cool. It was nice to have. It was, it was fun to have like desk, sw- desk swag and stuff like that. But I mean, if they came around, they were like, you get the, pr- you know, the privilege of getting extra hours to work. <sighs> I had a laugh in their face. Yeah, there's nothing about this contest that would make me want to do it. No, absolutely not. Honestly, even at that point, like, would I have done it just for the Amazon Echo and and the $100 gift card? Yeah, you know, maybe if I had some spare time and I didn't have to, sure. But honestly, probably not. Even then, like, eh. And just like, oh, yeah, well, you can work more. Well, maybe if you stamped this properly in the first place, this wouldn't be an issue. Again, that's the thing. Don't hold extra hours over our head because that tells me you have the ability to give those extra hours anyway, and you were choosing to withhold them because you're, I'm certain at this point, I'm how GameStop is still in business, I don't know. I've known <laughs> enough people that have worked there that I don't know how. Yeah. Honestly, they got steamrolled by Steam. I mean, and other, you know, virtual. The only thing that really keeps them in play, like their only real niche, is the fact that you still have physical copies of a game that once you're done with it, you could give it to somebody or sell it to somebody. Yeah. Their physical storefront was the only thing I think that was keeping them in play. And I think now that edge is very much gone because of, you know, everything going on. Like obviously people aren't going out like they used to, you know? So I think that's, I think that is majorly what's, what's really causing their struggle here at this point. Well, for that matter, look at the next gen systems, both of which have options for digital only. That don't have an optical disc. And not even that, uh, there was, I saw an article about it that they are not, I believe it was the PlayStation. Best Buy is not going to put it in physically in the store until 2021, like till next year. So all through the holiday quarter and everything like that, it's buy it online or don't get it. So, I mean, even, you know, I mean, and that's during the biggest season of the year for buying this kind of stuff. So, I mean, if they're willing to give up in-person sales, you know, because of everything. I mean, that just, that, that's got to be a giant screaming sign to people like GameStop. Oh yeah. And it's like, I mean, that makes me wonder, cause I know that was specifically Best Buy. Cause I remember seeing that too. Are other retailers having to go through that? Like, is that something on Microsoft and Sony sides that said, no, we're not doing this or was it on Best Buy side? If so, maybe you can stop it in a GameStop and still pick up one of those systems. But do I really want to walk into a GameStop, especially on Black Friday? I've been in there once, only because I got one hell of a trade-in deal. And that's when I picked up my Xbox One. Yeah. I, I, I know, and this kind of goes into our next topic. So, you know, maybe we can kind of look at both at once here. 
I don't do a lot of Black Friday shopping myself as far as in store. And I haven't for years. Yeah. I personally not a fan of big crowds. That's just how how I tend to be. I, I get you get to be too much peopling, you know. So the nice thing is with COVID and everything else going on, you see people starting to put out weeks in advance. I mean, we're starting to see some already pop up now. Uh, Walmart is doing one where like, okay, this week, here's the sales that are going on. Next week, it's a different set of sales. So you have multiple. And I mean, if I'm going to buy something, it was usually on Cyber Monday, Cyber Tuesday. I mean, at this point, Cyber the whole following week. And that that's just kind of where I always sat with. When's the last time you've gone Black Friday shopping? Well, I only ever went Black Friday shopping one year ever. Um, and I won't do it again <laughs> because it wasn't, it just wasn't that great of an experience. Like we woke up at literally like the crack of dawn after, you know, still being half comatose from the day before from, you know, stuffing ourselves silly. And then you get up and you run around, like you said, there's a bajillion people. And this was a couple of years ago, you know, when things were really crazy, you know, and I remember we were at, I think it was, I think it was Target. Uh, we went to Target the one morning and, um, and we, we were waiting at the door and stuff and they opened the door and like people are like sprinting through the store. Mm-hmm. And I remember some dude, he like was like jumping over top of things to try to get to like a deal that was like in a pallet, like in the middle of the store. Where, but he like full on like parkour, like jumped over stuff and like rolling across the floor and like scooping up like a box or something. I don't even remember what it was, but it wasn't anything like ridiculous. You know, I, I know there are doorbuster deals and stuff to be had, but honestly, all that is, is to get you in the door. They have a handful of items that are designed to help get you in there. And then everything else is, you know, a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there. And while I'm not turning my nose down at saving money by any means, it's not worth dealing with everything else that's going on, you nope. know. And and I think that's why I think, you know, kind of pivoting a little bit here with the the Best Buy deal you know, Best Buy's like slogan for this, this is this year we're doing Black Friday all season long. And I actually don't really hate that, you know, even if, even if they're going to break it up, you know, if they do a little bit around Thanksgiving, they do a little bit, you know, one week, they do a little bit the next week, you know, if they're having rolling deals or something like that, it's not the end of the world. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be frustrated by that sort of thing because one, I'm hoping that helps keep people out of the stores on Black Friday and I think that's probably part of, you know, what they're looking for. And I just, like I said, I don't, I don't know that the deals this year will be, you know, the doorbuster deal. I don't know that it'll be like that. I think they're going to maybe just trying to tweak prices or they'll run some flash deals kind of like Amazon does, you know, to, to kind of push for that. And like, I was looking at their, um, I'm looking at their, their site right now, you know, and they have a windows laptop and it says like minimum savings is 50 bucks. So you know, I mean, there's there's still some savings to be had there, you know, now whether maybe two weeks ago, maybe they pushed the prices up 50 bucks, you know, I, that I don't know. But, um, you know, that that's another reason why I, I didn't I don't like Black Friday because you're pushed to make really snap decisions for a lot of that kind of stuff. And like, while I can do that, I prefer to research things out a little bit and to try to make sure what I'm getting is is usually fairly good. You know, as we kind of keep going down through episodes and stuff, and as I kind of go through some of my tech history, you know, as we hit different topics and stuff, uh, you'll probably kind of see that there's a little bit of a trend of I try not to do things more than once. So typically when I do them, it's usually pretty expensive and I usually go kind of, you know, all out. Which is fair, you know, and I'm the same way. Like if I'm going to buy something, especially something electronics and I'm a bit of a technophile, 
you know, maybe not quite to the same level as you sometimes. Uh, but I, I, I do like to have the best. And I'd like to, if I'm going to spoil myself, it's usually that clothes. I will wear clothes till there's holes everywhere. Yep. I don't care. You know, I like to eat well, drink a little bit, but I like my tech. So I want something that I know full well. I, I don't typically like to buy something in the interim just to get something better later on. I'd rather, in most cases, get something really good now that's going to last me for quite some time. Yeah. Every once in a while, sometimes do you need something right now? Yes. So for those, I might do something where it's like, all right, it's still better than I might have gotten before, but it's a little cheaper and will hold me over until I have the money together to get that big purchase. Cool. I've done that too. But even sometimes when you take a look at the sales, it's also very important to see what things were traditionally before that price-wise. Because yeah. I have seen multiple stores where the week before their Black Friday sales jacked the price up so that you could say, yeah, you're getting a 70% sale. You're not, because if you bought it a week ago, it was already 20% below what it is now. Right. So you might only be getting a 40% sale, You know, whatever the, the numbers might come out to be. And I've seen that multiple times in retail, which is shady, but I also understand it. Yeah, the website Camel 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 can definitely be your friend there. Yeah, yeah, you know, or places like that. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree because like you know, unless it's something you know, like unless you're going in looking for something specific, like I said, the problem is when you go in just trying to see what's there. A lot of times, I feel like you're missing out on the flash deals and stuff or the, a lot of the doorbuster kind of deals because the people that know about them or the people that are targeting that kind of stuff are, are the ones jumping over the hurdle. You know, they're the ones jumping over the pallets to get the stuff. And if you're just kind of going in just to see what's there, you know, I think you're just going to get suckered in and you're going to end up buying not necessarily crap you don't need, but you're going to get stuff that isn't necessarily as good of a deal, especially if you wait and buy like a lot of that stuff you can buy like on, you know, bio Monday, cyber Monday, and, you know, a lot of times you're getting a better deal. And especially this year, you don't have to deal with anybody then. Like, you're not around people. So, you know, the safety aspect of it is absolutely worth something. What's a what's a mildly decent deal if you're paying, you know, eight times more in hospital bills? You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember back, uh, what was it, the mid-aughts when the Tickle Me Elmo came out? Mm -hmm. And there were active fist fights. Oh, yeah. Over a damn Tickle Me Elmo. Yep. What? Yeah, well, every year you see videos of people, I mean, with that kind of stuff, you see people getting hurt, you see people getting trampled. I mean, you see fights over TVs, you see TV, you know, two people trying to pull the same TV box down an aisle, and it's crazy. Like, and it's just, it's not worth it, you know? I mean, it's it's not, it's, it's just not worth it. <laughs> and what, what always threw me off, and I never fully understand this, Thanksgiving, you know, as a holiday, all uh, controversy surrounding that holiday aside, the spirit of it is supposed to be giving thanks for what we have and getting people together and all of that. And the following day, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so uh, trite at that point. And then you had the, the companies because it kept getting earlier and earlier. Your doorbusters would go at, you know, three, 5 a.m. Then it was 3 a.m. And then it was midnight. I remember at that time when I was working at the mall, and the mall where I was working is one of the biggest ones in that area. And I'm working an electronic shop. I remember I got there about an hour ahead of time because I had to open the store. I was assistant manager at the time. Uh, could not find parking <laughs> at all. Yeah. 
I ended up having to park and walk 10 minutes to get to the door because they didn't take the time to, I don't know, mark off areas for employees to park, which would have made sense. Right. Also could not get into the building because I didn't have keys to our back door. Security (laughs) did. But all the security doors were locked because people kept trying to sneak in those doors to get in. So finally, I ended up having to walk through a JCPenney or a Sears to get to the front. And he was like, yo, 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 you can't get through yet. We're not open. And I'm like, here's the thing. I got to open up the electronic store down the, see, I'm even getting, I don't even think that store exists anymore, short of online. And yet, you know, I'm trying to be good. Uh, I'm like, here's the thing. Half of these people are also coming to my spot. So I need to open that now. Right. Somehow my employees, I don't know what time they got there, but they were all standing outside the door. Like, how the hell did y'all get in? Just waiting. I finally get in as I'm as he's letting me through. People are trying to smush to get through into the mall itself. Oh, I'm sure. Security's just sitting back, you know, not doing anything about it. Finally, I get in there, and a few people had broke, you know, had broken through the barricade at that point, and were waiting as I'm trying to open up our store to get us in. And I, I remember straight telling people like, "Look, you come into this store before we actively open this." We aren't selling you anything. Like, I will kick you out right now. Back up. So, okay, okay. And then they queued up around the outside, thankfully. But I don't miss that at all. And if I never have to do that again, it's too soon, especially in today's climate. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. So, uh, on the uh, on the topic of buying things and subscribing to things and, you know, not necessarily getting in line for things. Through my provider, I have Verizon for my cell phone service. And last year, when we upgraded our iPhones, they pushed, not they pushed, they, t- they talked us into getting uh, the unlimited plan. And one of the reasons that we opted to do that is because it came with Apple Music as part of the plan. And we got Disney Plus free for a year. And that was like the first year Disney Plus had been out, you know, with having a small kid and stuff. We thought that was a good deal. And, and darn it, Jason, if they didn't get us hooked on the stupid thing, you know, <laughs> the Apple Music will that sticks around that stays. But I got a notification a couple of days ago saying that my Disney Plus is going to expire soon. And then I have to, you know, start paying for it here coming up. And uh, I started looking around, you know, we, we already have Netflix. We have Hulu. We have Disney Plus. We have Apple or we have Prime. Uh, we have Apple TV. You know, when you start adding all that stuff up. One, it's not cheap. <laughs> and two, you know, it's an awful lot of services to kind of keep keep track of. Oh, and we have stars, too. I forgot we pay extra for stars. You know, so with the, the Disney Plus thing expiring, I was like, man, that's one more thing. You know, we got to tack on and pay for. I was thinking, man, this is as bad as having cable. <laughs> uh, I started poking around and, and Verizon does offer like a bundle deal so I can get Hulu. I can get Disney Plus and um, I forget what the last one is. Hulu, Disney Plus and... I forget. There's one more. Oh, I remember seeing that because I have Hulu too, and it keeps coming up as an offer. Yeah. So I can combine those and I can get it. It's like $12.99, I think, for the three. Uh, so I'm going to end up doing that, I think, which, you know, we canceled the Hulu account that we did have. So we were paying $6 for that. We're going to have to pay ESPN. There you go. I, I'm not a sports guy. So that's why it didn't ring a bell for me, I guess. So again, kind of like having cable, you know, you're getting all those extra channels that you don't want and still paying for them, anyways. So, yeah, I mean, we'll end up bundling that together and kind of rolling it together. But I was just wondering, you know, do you are you kind of running into any of the same thing? You know, I know Netflix is starting to 
to bump up some pricing, you know, again, for the, some of their tiers, again, that's, that's rolling around. They're doing their yearly, their, the really yearly bumps. How are you feeling with all this? Are you getting subscription fatigue yet or? I, to some extent. Now I ha- I've actually worked for uh, two different of the big cable companies at, at one particular time or another in my life. Uh, and a lot of times the answers we got, cause I know you'd hear it all the time. Like, well, I'm, paying for all these channels that I don't use or I don't need. So why can't we just get, you know, an a la carte idea? And well, on paper, that sounds great. The back part of the problem is, and you, you get to understand it's not necessarily just fluff. It's, it's legit. Like, I mean, it's, it's the answer we're, we're told to give, but it's also correct. Let's say uh, ABC, for instance, or, or Disney, because they actually own them, if I remember correctly. Like, all right, so we're going to have Disney Channel here. But instead of just having Disney, it's like, hey, cool. You know, we'll sell you the rights to broadcast Disney and ABC and ESPN. But you're also going to take these other three channels because they're the channels nobody just signs up for. So it still gets eyes on. So as a result, you, as a, as a cable company, have a bundle discount to broadcast these particular channels. So you may have channels, you'll know, ESPN 8, The Ocho. <laughs> you know, you, so you'll have that. Well, we're actually starting to see that now with all of these individual streaming services. Uh, you list off the ones you have. At one particular time, I had Hulu, Netflix, Prime, WWE Network, Pluto, although that's free. And there was another one I was using, which I don't even remember anymore. And some of which I've just had to get rid of because I don't ever actually watch them. Mm-hmm. Like I had Hulu for the longest time. More so because I, I myself am a wrestling fan, so I, I kept WWE Network, but then I would watch you know your Raw and SmackDown on Hulu because while it's not live, I'll catch it two days later once it posts or the next day as the case might be. And then I realized I wasn't tuning in to watch those. Now I'm just paying the 14 bucks a month or 11 whatever it was for a service I really wasn't using. That one just made sense to get rid of. Now at this point, I still have Netflix. I still have WWE Network and I still have Prime because for us it also makes sense to have, you know, Prime as a shipping agent. We order a lot through Amazon. So cool. You know, we'll we'll keep those. I've actually been looking more so into Pluto because it is a free service. So it's still ad based. You still get live ish TV. It's still technically live TV. And they have a game show network on there. And I'm all about that. So they also have one that seems to be uh, dedicated to American Gladiator, which, which I find hilarious. I can literally watch old school 90s American Gladiators whenever. So, <laughs> hey. Nice. But as far as like Disney Plus, I couldn't find the time to justify that in spite of wanting to see a lot of what's on there. Yeah. Partly because of time. Right now, if you take a look at any TV in our household, it's likely either on YouTube because there's a lot of um, channels that I, I love to watch and follow up on. And sometimes it's just even their older stuff. And then we tend to watch a, a, a lot of Twitch too, especially by the time Jess started up on her channel. You know, you find those people that you're always looking and excited to tune into. And some of them we got to from their YouTube channels. So more often than not, it's those two. And maybe Netflix is the, you know, the third in that. So Prime, we have it. If, if there's certain things that are there, great, we'll watch them, but we don't really use that service even though we're technically still paying for it i think it just comes down to the shows you actually specifically like and honestly at the end of the day you can trials to a lot of that stuff 
So if there's a show you specifically want to see, The Mandalorian, for instance, yeah, okay, I'll hold off until the end where it's all on at once, get my free trial, blast through the show, and be done with it. Yeah. And if you have enough stuff to keep me coming back, great. Uh, otherwise, it's like you said, it, it adds up to more than what you would have paid for a cable bill. And I think what you just said is that's going to be, I think, the kicker going forward because it doesn't seem like there's an, an end in sight as far as the amount of streaming platforms that are coming out. It seems like everybody kind of keeps adding to it. You know, they, they, their libraries are growing. And I think that I think content is going to ultimately end up being king because I think that best case scenario, people are going to start cycling. You know, I think yeah. that maybe you'll have, like you said, you'll wait till a show comes out or you'll wait, you know, or maybe you don't even wait till like, maybe you don't wait till the end, like you were talking about, but maybe you wait till your show comes out. And then for, you know, the six or eight weeks or whatever that the show is on, you know, you subscribe to it for that and then you drop it, you know, when you switch over to, you know, that HBO max or something for a couple of months. And then, you know, you're kind of pivoting around because people only have so much money you know, and and the cost of these services aren't getting cheaper as time goes on either. I mean, Netflix is up to just shy of 20 bucks anymore, you know, for some of the HD and 4K tiers. And you don't even get the DVDs in the mail anymore. <laughs> I know for some of you younger viewers. So back in the day, they had these discs uh, that you would pop into a DVD player or a Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Make the modem noises, too, while you're at it, Jason. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and you know, and you were talking about like what you guys watch and stuff. I'm able to monitor traffic um, with my, my new setup a little bit easier now. I can, it breaks down like commercial um, setup. Shut up, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) When, when, uh, when, when all my data goes through the router, uh, it actually can pick apart like the packets and tell like what it is. And so I get like a really big itemized breakdown of like what we're using and how we're using it, which is kind of cool. And uh, so within the last like week or so, the top service uh, is Netflix, followed secondly by YouTube. And between the two of them, it's been 322 gigs worth of data. <laughs> so, I mean. So not light usage. Got it. Now, granted, uh, our Netflix is 4K and we have three different TVs that we can use that on. And honestly, like, I don't know if people still do it or not, but. Like I know back in the day with a cable box, you just turn it on. You just, a lot of times just have it like as background. Yeah, I do that now, but mine's usually YouTube that I'm doing that with. Yeah. Well, we do that a lot of times with like Netflix um, because a lot of times like they'll just they have like the auto roll and stuff. So it'll roll into the next episode. And uh, my daughter actually really likes The Office at this point, which yes. is kind of funny because like, I mean, she's fairly young. And so for her to be into a show like that, I, I just thought it was kind of funny. I love The Office. so I'm good with it. So do I. We finally watched that maybe two months ago. We finally finished. We just binged the entire thing on Netflix. And now I'm sad that we're done with it. Well, she's probably watched it two or three times now, which I guess as a kid, maybe it's easier to do that. But she'll put it on and she just lets lets them roll. And, you know, she'll sit there and play with crafts or play with toys. or But like it's just sitting there rolling in the background. So, you know, there could be eight to 10, 12 hours, depending on the day, you know, of just background TV, you know, we're just sitting there chewing through day, you know, chewing through data. But if you have an unlimited plan, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess, depending on your usage, I I hear that there are caps for a lot of that stuff through Comcast. I knock, I don't want to knock on something here, but uh, we have not had any sort of issues currently, but 
I, I've been watching our usage over the last few months. And since all the COVID stuff started and we've been home more, we went from like in the high 900s gigs to like two or three months ago, it was a like a terabyte. Then it was a terabyte and a half. And I looked at it last night or last month and we were at 2.2. So, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's I'll, a lot. And I'll tell you, Jason, if if we start to get hit to where that's going to be a problem, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up with like business class internet or something because I'm not I'm not dealing with caps and paying you know fifty bucks a gig. You know when you sit there and chew through three hundred twenty two gigs and just streaming services alone fifty bucks you know a couple for every couple gigs. Ah, <laughs> they have this magical thing called downloading. Um, but no, you're right. On on stuff like that, a lot of those services you can't. Now, some of them and more of them you can now. Actually, I, I forgot one of the ones I have is actually YouTube Premium because I originally got that alongside Google Play Music, RIP. Um, <laughs> so sad that's gone. Uh, fun fact, I'm still getting used to YouTube Music and I'm not the biggest fan. I miss my Google Play Music. It just worked. But I digress. With YouTube Premium, I can download. So especially like if I'm at work, when I have to go in the office, I can download a bunch of YouTube videos since I don't have internet there that I can utilize to do the same thing and just kind of have YouTube videos playing in the background, which is great. You pick your two or three that you don't mind hearing over and over again. There's one from a a YouTuber that I watch that had, it was basically a Let's Play on Subnautica, Hmm. uh, which is a wonderful game. Uh, Anybody out there, go ahead and check it out. It's, It's wonderful. But they kind of put their own story to it because, like, while there's a story there, it's single player, and they wanted to have. They're a group of five, so they wanted to have a way to kind of include everybody else. So it's it's them radioing back to you know HQ, like the the the, the computer that you're talking to, your your automated PDA. It's actually them on the other end. So they were able to play around with that a bit, and it's very entertaining. So I'm with you. I, I, putting stuff on in the background like that is wonderful. The ability to download, which some of those have Netflix. I know you can now too. Uh, that I feel like it was relatively recent. Uh, the ability to do that is great for those times. But at some point, you still got to download it. Yeah. So you're still hitting some sort of a cap there, you know? Potentially, yeah. And that's, that's my only fear. Like I said, as long as they don't enforce or enact caps, then it's not a big deal. Like I'm, I'm more than happy with that. But if they start forcing that or if that starts to become an issue you know that that could get grossly expensive oh real quick crazy fast you know and and if you're not (laughs) if you're really not paying attention or if you don't know like like i said i can monitor it you know minute by minute hour by hour but there's probably a lot of people that can't you know so sure or, or that don't know how even you know now granted those are probably not the people that are blowing through as much data either but in this day and age you know, even my grandma has Netflix. So, I mean, you know, it is certainly a possibility. And for that matter, look at, I, you know, like we're talking IoT. You know, we have a, a Google Home Nest hub in the kitchen, which is perfect when I'm doing dishes. You know, set it on my phone, cast it to there and just play that. Yep. But hell, for that matter, you have some smart refrigerators that actually have YouTube capability on the fridge. Yep. A little unnecessary in my book, and I am a technophile, but you know what? I'm just going to go with it's cool that that option is there. Yep. Although I did see somebody hack in and run Doom on their smart refrigerator. Well, I mean, you know, I think that's the thing anymore is to run Doom on anything you can, but. Does it play Crisis? 
<laughs> does it play crisis? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you were talking about um, you know, different devices and like usage, like IoT stuff. I'm looking, um, we have uh, one of the Wemo smart outlets, and that one alone uh, has done 43.6 megs for a download, and it has done 1.34 gigabytes for an upload. So what the heck a smart outlet needs to upload? That's you got my me. Now, granted, we do use Amazon Echoes, and we use those to control the lights and stuff in the house. So like we call out commands, and so it is. It, there is a relay to it there. So I get that there is data usage. That seems high for an outlet. 1.3 gigs is a lot, <laughs> you know. Oh, wait, gigs? I thought you said megs. No, yeah, the download was 43.8 megs, but the upload is 40 or 1.34 gigs. Got you. That's... So it's it's sending things up. Now, I, it does check in with this, you know, the the it does check in with like the servers. You know, it does have to ping out and it kind of has like a keep alive kind of deal. So, I mean, it sends little bits and bytes, you know. Every so often. I wouldn't have thought more than a couple of kilobits at that point. You, you, one would think, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> I would be surprised. I, I do apparently. also want to put this in perspective for you. That is for one single outlet. How many of those do you have in the house? I have 44 IoT devices alone in the house. <laughs> so, like, if I go to one of the other outlets, now here, this is the kicker. So, one of the other outlets, um, it is the same brand of plug but it is one that we don't use nearly as often so that one has 154 megs down and 31.7 up so usage seems to be a huge difference but i mean again you're only relaying an on and off command so right i'm not sure (laughs) theoretically that should be two to three bits one would think right now and like our hue hub so the hub that controls the light bulb 1.39 1.39 gigs down and uh, 932 megs up. That one is using like a Zigbee protocol, though. So that communicates to it the lights on its own separate system, which isn't necessarily using data from the network. But it does still check in with the server. You know, it, it talks to the app and everything. So I don't know. Now, the only thing I can think of that maybe is creating some of my headache here is that we have a lot of automation set up too. So like when we leave, the locks talk to this, the the nest talks to that, you know, the the outlets turn off, you know. Like we leave and we say, you know, Alexa, we're leaving, turn everything off. She goes into guard mode, the alarm comes on, you know, 50,000 different things happen. So, I mean, I can see how, you know, this is death by a thousand cuts kind of deal, but you know, if you're giving somebody caps of, you know, 500 gigs or even a, even a terabyte at this point, but you're, you know, people are starting to chew through data. And I realize I am the exception to a lot of these rules just because of quantity. But give it another five or 10 years, and I don't know that I would necessarily be the exception. Yeah. I mean, as technology improves, specifically network stuff also get, you know, usage gets higher. But, you know, same, take a look at back in the day, we really weren't going to need, you know, a one terabyte hard drive. And now we're like, yo, I just need a four terabyte or just store extra data. And especially look at the size of games. If you, if you're, you know, a diehard gamer and you buy, you know, a bunch of games when they come out, hell, some of the smaller games are coming 60 to 80 gig. Oh yeah. And some of the, the, the bigger ones, 
hell, I know for a fact I've seen some that what was the one like 270 gig? Yeah. At launch. Yep. That help you if you get DLC with that. Well, I did I did a security update for my Mac today and it was 1.2 gigs. You know, so even just doing some software patches and things like that. I mean, stuff is just getting so large. You know, you were saying about, you know, what we used to need. I remember the very first mainstream computer we had. We had a Commodore 64 and things, but I don't count that. But like our first computer was like a 386, I believe it was. And I remember the hard drive. I want to say it was 64 megs. And I remember thinking, what would you ever need more storage than that for? Like I was like, you know, you put the CD in, you run it, you put in the disks. I remember loading Windows on there with Windows 3.1. And I had, I think, six or seven floppy disks. So you'd load it and you'd wait, put in disk two, put in disk three. And at that time I was really still learning. So I had to do this an awful lot because I kept screwing things up and having to reload the operating system. Well, if you accidentally put in the wrong <laughs> disk at any given time. Well, you know, you start correct. over. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I mean, you look at quantity and you look at then and now kind of stuff. You know, like I said, you know, you, you look back and you think, you know, a couple of, a couple thousand K, you know, of RAM or of memory, you know, now, I mean, you know, it's nothing to have half a freaking terabyte of RAM anymore for some of the gaming people and some of the, you know, kind of crazy people to Ooh, have. I would love that. Yeah. I mean, Apple's Apple's Max support one and a half terabytes of RAM, you know, and, and again, those are the exception to the rule for the people that need that unless you're just trying to, you know, show Video off. Editors. Well, yeah, exactly. There, there are absolutely use case for it. Absolutely. Scientific principles, like there, some sure. of those, yes. Servers, sure. sure. Wholeheartedly get it, especially if you're running multiple virtual machines. Or if you need something crazy fast and you're setting up like a RAM disk or something. I totally get it. I'm not saying the use case isn't there. But the fact that, you know, even 10 years ago, that wasn't even, you know, an option. Or if it was, it was only like in, you know, the enterprise, crazy high end, you know, the, the stuff that just kind of kept the infrastructure alive kind of deal. And now that's, you know, sitting in somebody's living room, <laughs> you know, it's somebody gaming machine. Look at some of the, the, the high end, specifically 3080s, 3090s, that they were talking about jamming 20 plus gigs of RAM into the video card, Yep. which is more RAM than I have right now in my whole laptop. <laughs> yep. I'm running 16 gig. And for the most part, that's fine ish, but man, I'd love 32, but that's more in just a video card. Yeah. Come on now. And I'm not mad at that because don't get me wrong, I really want to play around with one of those uh, just to see how well, you know, that much dedicated video RAM is, is going to help. But I mean, for a lot of the games that are coming out and a lot of the a lot of the use cases now that these cards are getting used for, I mean, that's they need that because, you know, between all the textures and, you know, just loading up, loading up the realism that we're getting anymore, you know, with a lot of the ray tracing and things like that. I mean, it's just it takes an absorbent amount of computing power and a lot of space to do it. And it's all got to be lightning fast, you know, so I think reason to mind. Yep. <laughs> I, I think a lot of that kind of stuff is going to become the norm. You know, I think, you know, in the next year or two, I think 20 gigs of RAM on your on your uh, graphics card isn't going to sound crazy or, or crazy high end anymore. I think that'll be the norm. You know, we'll be looking at 40, 50, 60 gigs of RAM, you know, thinking 20 gigs is in a rearview mirror kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, it, we've seen that in the past, so I'm sure we'll see it in the future. It's just a matter of how high will it get in our lifetime? This I'm genuinely curious about. You know, and, and I, I wonder because, and you and I were kind of like in a golden age for that to some degree too, because we saw computers go from being fairly rudimentary 
to now, I mean, you know, by all intents and purposes, they are ridiculous now, especially compared to what they were. You know, being born in the 70s or 80s kind of deal, I mean, you saw a lot of that real entry, you know, people just kind of getting it up off the ground. And tech got really small, really fast, really quickly. And obviously, you kind of see it plateau off a little bit and stuff. But, you know, I mean, even still, year over year, it, it's not the monumental leaps that maybe they had a decade or two ago, but they are still getting faster. They're still getting smaller. And it's, you know, it, we're, we're still going. So I think that in our lifetime, especially, you know, an infinite sale kind of deal, I, I think we still have a lot of room to go. And I think that it'll just change the style. I think it'll turn more into, um, what's that called? Um, uh, quantum computing. I think that oh, yeah. I think quantum computing will end up being our next big leap. You know, I think that'll become more consumerized. And I, I think that is a very real possibility of happening before, you know, before we're out of the picture kind of deal. I mean, honestly, here's hoping. Take a look at cell phones. It's funny because I remember when they first came out and it was a phone in a bag. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, unless you're rich, you didn't have one. We didn't at that. But even by the time we got them, they were so huge and bulky. And then year by year, you seem getting smaller and smaller until they finally hit that point where it was too small. And then you started to see them getting bigger and bigger screens again, which I find funny, that random reverse curve. But you look at how much power is in one of those compared to the ones initially. Where well, the modern smartphone is, is hundreds of magnitudes more powerful than like what they used to land on the moon. I mean... And yet we haven't been back. <laughs> it's not because not of computing power, I assure you that. <laughs> What did they find? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think um, I think Tesla is is even a good representation of a lot of that. You know, I feel like that is a a good combination company. You know, you, you like, you know, Apple has computers and phones and a lot of those industries are, again, like what we talked about with the giant leaps and stuff. But Tesla took something that was really dumb, which was the car. I mean, because as a whole, you know, they had really in-depth systems to make the car run by car comparison or by car standards. But you look at that compared to just about any other kind of technology and it's really dumb. You know, the computer on your car is nothing compared to the computer in your house. Oh no. And now you get to a point where, you know, can they start driving themselves? Yeah. Well, and they, they absolutely are. I mean, they, there's legal hurdles aside I don't think that it's not. The, and I think that that honestly is what's slowing things down at this point. I think if we didn't have so many, so much red tape and so many hoops to have to jump through, I think we'd be farther ahead with that. I don't think it's a tech issue so much as it is just getting the, the R&D hours and stuff to kind of get that kind of stuff moving. So like I said, I think the quantum computing stuff, I think that is all certainly stuff we could see, you know, in our lifetime. I would hope so. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So Jason, after I uh, I redid all my Wi-Fi and everything, I got every single device on my network back and running, except for my Roomba. And uh, I played with it for days, and I looked down through a whole bunch of articles and everything, trying to get this thing straightened out and figure out why it would not reconnect. And I finally bit the bullet, and I did the one thing that a techie person never, ever wants to have to do. Read the manual? I called tech support. <gasps> no! I did. I did. I had a nice lady. She talked to me. She, uh, she, she blamed my Wi-Fi at first. Of course. I, I was like, I don't think you understand. It, it's not the Wi-Fi. 
she's like, well, you have a five gigahertz, you know, connection. I said, yeah, I also have a 2.4. Well, how do you know which one it's connecting to? I named them differently. <laughs> so that was how it started. And it was good. <laughs> and this is how the fight started. <laughs> so we started, we started going through that. And uh, I explained to her, you know, all the stuff I had tried. And, and there's, uh, there's only three buttons on the top of this Roomba. There's like an on-off button. There is a spot clean button and a home button, like to send the Roomba home. So if you hit these buttons in different sequences, you know, left, right, A, B, down, left, right, up, down, you know, if you hit, if you can. I appreciate your attempt at the economic code. <laughs> yeah. So if you hit <laughs> these things in the right order, uh, it will reset itself or it will go into like pairing mode or, you know, so it goes into mode. cheat mode. Yeah. Two jetpacks <laughs> pop up and it changes its name to Zumba. Well, you know, if that happened, even that would have been better than what was happening. <laughs> so. <laughs> I could get the stupid thing to go into like pairing mode and my phone, it's one of those ones where it puts out like its own little network and your phone connects to that and then it hands off your Wi-Fi credentials to the device. Sure. So, Most things do that anymore. Right. So I could get it to talk to the device and it would, it was, it was getting to the point where it's supposed to be handing off credentials. And, uh, and I went through and I double checked everything I could find online, you know, that had to do with like, you know, ubiquity and Roombas to see if maybe there was because of my firewall being so much just more OP than what it used to be. I figured that I set something up wrong or I had checked a box that I shouldn't have or something like that. And to the best of my knowledge, there wasn't anything like that. Make a long story short, I got back to the lady, you know, the tech support lady. And after she was done blaming my Wi-Fi, she wanted me to reset a few things. And she had me, you know, pushing and holding buttons and that wasn't working. So then she wanted me to reset my Wi-Fi, and I was like, that's not an option. We're not going to do that. I was like, you don't understand. That's that's like a long, tedious, terrible process, and there's a lot of stuff <laughs> like not happening. It's like, it's not on my side. I can verify everything else is fine. Right. It's and, literally uh, working with every other IoT device. I was, I was like, there is 60-some other devices that are connected just fine, and everybody else is good. This is the only one that's a problem. I was like, I'm pretty sure we can rule out everything else. And um, she's like, okay, well, I understand. You know, it's, it's one of those, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, they're always apologetic. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of those, like, I understand that you have to say these things, but let's just get this straightened out. So she's, um, she's going through all her steps kind of in the book and stuff. And uh, she's like, you know, turn it on and press and hold the power button for 20 seconds. And I said, I can do that. I said, you know, your documentation had said, like, because when you go through the app, if it doesn't connect, it gives you one of those, like, click here for steps or whatever. So I had done that, obviously, days ago. And it said in the in their steps, it says push and hold it for 10 seconds, wait for the lights to come on, and then let go and go back through. So when I was talking to her, she was like, well, push and hold it for 20 seconds and uh, and wait for the lights and then go. I said, well, the lights come on after, like, 10 seconds, like, your documentation. Well, just keep holding it. Let's just, you know, she's like, I've seen sometimes where you have to just do it longer. So mm -hmm. I kept going and it didn't do anything else like above me on. It didn't make any other weird noises. No other crazy lights happen. Uh, and it went through and uh, and it started to like go farther when we went back through. And I was like, oh, well, that's good to know. I was like, maybe you should check your documentation or update that because like I spent the last week and a half trying to get this stupid thing to connect. And it was a 10 second difference, you know, 
be fair, sometimes there is a, a difference there because I know I've run into devices where like 10 seconds, it'll flash and do all this resetty stuff like it's supposed to for a general reset. And then you hold it longer and normally you will see another visual indicator because it's going through like factory reset. So I've seen that where holding it longer will do that. Oh, 100% agree. And if if I hadn't document have, that, if I hadn't gone through all of that, because I already there is a different procedure. You push like all three buttons at the same time to do a factory reset, which I had done off the bat. Because what I didn't what I didn't pay attention to originally is that you need your old Wi-Fi network to get into the device to tell it to change to a new network. So I should have technically had both networks running at the same time and just did a handoff, and it probably wouldn't have been such a big deal. But I didn't. I tore everything down and put everything up. And then I did this after the fact. So I had to factory reset the device, which in and of itself you would think would take care of this. And then their documentation says to do that reset, you know, for the 10 seconds, which was fine. And even that, like I said, it it got to the next step, but even then it still wasn't right. So we still, I still kept getting errors and things like that. And she's like, well, what's it saying now? What's it saying now? And I was kind of relaying all that information. And, um, when it does the handoff from the device to your phone and back and everything like that, you know how it goes from like your own Wi-Fi originally, so it gets the credentials. You go connect to the device's Wi-Fi, and it puts you on like uh, cellular at the time, and then it's supposed to hand you back off to your Wi-Fi again when it's done. Mm-hmm. What well, was going through part of the process of like connecting, and it would push me off into the cellular where it's supposed to hand off, and then the device is supposed to go through and reset and blah blah blah. Um, but it would never put me back through like it wouldn't finish its side. And um, I told her and she was like, well, that's not really a big deal. She's like, just keep waiting. And I waited for like five minutes. I was like, it's not going to go. I was like, this is not the problem. But, you know, we did do something. Else. Just keep waiting. It's <laughs> like, OK, so like just keep I, waiting. just keep waiting. So, so I went out and I went back in and manually reconnected back to my network. And then I went back into the app. And like a second or two later, it was like finishing Wi-Fi, you know, you're connected, blah, blah, blah. And it like it went through and I was like, you know, your app is the problem here. I was like, it didn't finish the the cycle. And I said, if it would have reconnected back to the Wi-Fi and then to the device, we would have been okay. And she's like, oh, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to pass that along, you know, to IT and blah, blah, blah. So here's hoping that the trouble I had helped somebody else down the road. Um, you know, or if, if you ever run into this specifically, uh, more than happy, send me a message. I'm more than happy to try to walk you through and give you some of the steps if, if my rambling here doesn't make sense. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's, uh, the IOT stuff, man, it is all great and wonderful when it works, but boy, there are times where it makes you want to just pull your hair out. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. Be sure to like and subscribe, never miss an episode. And if you like what we're about, be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Well, that's going to wrap up our show for today. Be sure to follow us at Dual Rambling on Twitter, or for show notes, check out our website, anchor.fm slash Dual Rambling. From all of us here at Dual Rambling, I'm Jason. And I'm Steve. And as always, ramble on. Ramble on.